Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Water Break with Waterboy. No Knox, no Pastor Toby, and today not even John Branion. Just the Waterboy. That's it. Where once a week the shackles of Pastor Toby and Knox have been removed, taken off. And this is what you get. Water Break. That's it. This show is brought to you by Armor 5, uh, Armor Republic, excuse me. The mission of Armor Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve God-given rights. Yes, there's no king but Christ in this republic. We are free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty. We create tools of liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. God has given us the tools of liberty need to defend the rights he bestows on us. Go to Armor Republic uh, or AR500Armor.com. Please visit them. It's no surprise to many of you that society that rejects God will eventually lose its grip on reality. Okay, Our culture is going insane. We cannot keep our sanity apart from God. It is just not possible. But in all this, it is easy for the church to say, hey, look out there. Look look how insane things are getting out there. We have to drill this into our minds. What That what happens out in our society is downstream from the church, downstream from the family. What happens in the family will eventually pour out into the street. What happens into the church will eventually pour out into the streets. All the kids running around in the house and in between your church pews will eventually be running around outside in the world. We call that society. So we have to get what is the family and what is the church right? And the only way to get this straight is by going to God's word. Remember, you reject God, you will go insane. And so how we need to receive God's instruction regarding the family and the church, all of it. We need to receive the instruction for all of it. We can't pick and choose what Bible verses we like to follow when it comes to building the family and the church. We have to submit to all of it, all of God's word on these issues. Or that is the beginning of going insane. I have used this analogy on the show before. A ship that leaves, you know, dock, you know, leaves the dock already one degree off course in the beginning will end up being, uh, you know, thousands of miles off course by the time it's supposed to reach its destination point. A world that can't get the family right, that can't get the church right, is never going to get society right. We think all the action to affect change in society is at the polls or, or running for president or, is, you know, is out there. Um, but that's all backwards. Real societal change begins in the church and in the families. And to run this argument all the way upstream, the beginning of all Reformation revival starts in the hearts. What happens in the hearts of individuals will collectively leak out into the world. And apart from Christ, that leakage is ugly. I want to map out for you, connect some dots where I think we need to pay particular attention to the failures of the family in the church and why we need to not be surprised at all about what is going on in our country. From the beginning, all the way back in the garden, we have to get Genesis right. God made us male and female. And it's crucial that the church and the family get this right. Remember, one degree off this course will get us thousands of miles off by the end of, or by the time we're supposed to reach that destination. Now, the church has tinkered 
with what it means to be male and female. And all adjustments from the tinkering that we have made are why society is thousands of miles off from what it truly means to be male and female. Our societal sexual confusion is downstream from a long line of theological tinkering of what it means to be a man and a woman according to God's word. And that's why we're dealing with all this sexual confusion now. What is some of the tinkering that we have been doing? Well, first, the church is embarrassed of the concept of masculinity. I like Pastor Wilson's definition of what it means to be masculine, and that is, it is the glad assumption of sacrificial responsibility. You might notice that servant leadership is not part of that definition. Okay, Men are called to take responsibility for their families, spiritually, financially, and physically. And all the caricatures of toxic masculinity, macho masculinity, and the like, are how the world wants to frame and malign what biblical masculinity truly is. And the church is scared to teach masculinity. Second, the church does not view the calling of the wife in the home as productive and strategic. Okay, for the for decades, the constant messaging is that a woman, if you if you want your life to be valuable and productive, you have to get a job out in the world. In other words, instead of working to build your home and you know, for lack of better words, you'll stay with me here and report to your husband. You go build someone else's company and report to 10 men on that on that board. Instead of building a legacy through your children, your value is found in building a legacy for everyone but your husband. The church has been particularly egregious here because pastors are scared to preach against women's temptations regarding this. Lastly, because we have fostered effeminate leaders in our church, we get an effeminate Jesus is my boyfriend gospel. And that means you can break up with Jesus anytime you like because you don't like what he says in his word. You don't like what Jesus says to you. You don't like what your husband says to you. You don't like it. And so you just break up. But Jesus loved us so much that he died for the church, his bride. He had the glad assumption of sacrificial responsibility. He took responsibility for our sins, all our sins. And yet he did not sin. He took all our sin, took responsibility for all. He was without sin. And he went all the way to the cross, died and rose again for each one of us. This is not an effeminate Jesus is my boyfriend gospel. This is a masculine gospel that saves. And it really gets in your face, confronts you with your sin and declares that a holy God died for an unholy people. There's nothing soft about it. And Jesus is not your boyfriend. Thank God. He's your covenant holy God. God made us male and female, and he has assigned both sexes the duties that he requires of us. And one other thing to note here, and this is actually, I think, popping up kind of foundational to some of the current Roe v. Wade debate and the SCOTUS leak that happened this last week. We have for far too long given, I think, some of the house away and how we have answered the whole my body, my choice, the whole you know bodily autonomy argument. Our response has been has typically been the baby inside of your womb is not your body. That's kind of been our response to that. But here's the deal. There's no such thing as bodily autonomy. There's not. We are to be stewards of the body God has given us. That is and that stewardship is defined according to the Bible. When we walk according to God's word, 
according to the way he made us, according to the way he made the world, you know, that's that's like cutting with the grain. Then as a society, we will be confidently rooted in who we are and all the identity crisis, transgender confusion, homosexual confusion, um, all these identity crises will be washed away. I hope that this encourages you to lean into these areas, to lean into the Bible and what the Bible has called us to be as male and female. And one of the ways we fight back in a culture that is going insane is we simplify things and return to God's word and obey him in all the simple, practical ways that he has called us to live. That's Reformation Revival. Change doesn't happen out, you know, running for president. Uh, that's like trying to play, you know, poker while the football game's going on, thinking that the poker is going to have a, a, you know, impact the outcome. You know, we want to we want to play the game the way God has called us to play the game, and that's where reformation and revival will come. So, tune in to our show on Sunday night. We got a great show coming. We got uh, three guests coming to talk about the SCOTUS leak, what it means, and what we think the future holds, and all this. Uh, so, tune in to Cross Politic Special Sunday night uh, and join the club. Support our work. Thank you for your time. This is the water. This is the water boy with water break. Lord bless. When tyrants take over, what's the first thing they do? Disarm. It happened in Russia, China, Germany, and most recently, Afghanistan. Why? Because disarmed people are easier to control. And over the last century and a half, American tyrants have been carrying out a slow, methodical disarmament that no one is talking about. State education. Tyrants know that education is warfare. Our rulers have a vested interest in making you totally harmless. They've got big plans and they don't want you getting in the way. Think about it. Would you rather fight an army decked out with high-powered rifles or a bunch of dinky water pistols? They know that if you can think critically, you're a threat. At New St. Andrews College, we want to graduate men and women who are dangerous. Dangerous to the world, dangerous to the principalities and powers, dangerous to spiritual wickedness in high places. Education can either arm you or disarm you. It can make you a threat or make you a useful idiot. <laughs> so where you get that education counts. Click the link to apply to New St. Andrews College today.